0: The Fury is proudly hosted by Red Nation Online. We can be found on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and everywhere else you find your favorite podcasts.
1: Welcome to Ours is the Fury, episode 54! Woohoo! Yeah. We just beat Carolina away. 3-1 for the Fury. Well, we didn't. Well, we kind of did.
2: We could've.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's true.
1: We
2: rail-hawked them. We railed them hard. (laughs) Had to go there. Oh my gosh.
0: But yeah, Carolina didn't look good, did they?
1: No. No, it wasn't really much of a contest. Uh, After Fury were up 2-0, it was just a matter of, are we going to totally slaughter them or are we going to just, you know, finish it off casually? And I think we, we went for the latter.
0: Yeah, I was, I thought I was dreaming or something. I thought maybe it wasn't real, but like people don't win in Carolina. Mm-hmm. Like, Carolina's a very good home team. I think they've lost once or twice at home this season. So this is a big surprise. I didn't expect this result.
1: Yeah, well, the weather conditions were
2: rainy, right? Yeah. I thought I saw lightning again. Maybe just me. I don't know. It's
0: just the fury. Yeah, me. Just Tommy <laughs> scoring goals. And Paolo. Wow. Yeah, Tommy got two, right?
1: Yep. Wow. Yeah, one more beautiful than the next. Uh, so let's go through the lineup as we always do. Trafford, Favre, Alves, Richter, Pizer.
0: Who was playing box. mid, John?
1: Uh, Richie Ryan and Ubi Parapovic. And then we did have Becky in the starting lineup because Mauro is away at the Olympic qualifying and uh, De Guzman is probably not fully fit yet.
0: And like a week ago or two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago, Becky had a brace on his foot, mm. like a full...
1: Yeah, it's good to see him back uh, starting and, and doing really, really well. I, I have to admit that I didn't check the lineup uh, because I, I tuned into the game like a minute or two late. And it was only like in the second half where I realized Drew Becky's on the pitch, which I mean like in the best way possible because yes. he did such a good job uh, uh, subbing in for, for Mauro or even de Guzman that I didn't notice any weaknesses or anything. I mean, a, a central midfielder is no one you really notice unless they make mistakes anyway.
0: Yeah, I thought I thought he played really strong. And uh, our forwards, who who did we have up there?
1: Uh, Oliver on the left wing and Paulo Junior on the right, and then of course our uh, lone striker Tommy Heineman, the beast.
2: He's on fire. Both of them, um, Paulo Junior, Heineman on fire. Three goals each last two games.
0: Well, I remember at the start of the season I was really excited about Paulo Junior, and uh, everyone kept shooting me down, and rightly so, because. He only scored something like four goals in his career before coming to Ottawa, <laughs> and then I think he's got four goals in the last like four games.
1: Yeah, the the the, the goal he scored was was a beauty, and uh, it was actually pretty much a carbon copy of uh, uh, Tommy Heineman's goal. <laughs> you know, from distance, picked out the corner, just nice to watch. And I think we do also have to issue a, a formal apology now to Tommy Heineman. What's we... that, Bloggsman? <laughs> Uh, One of us in particular has been uh, fairly critical of him in the past, but uh, he's shooting on all cylinders now, so... Yeah, it's
2: good to see. Uh, I haven't been super critical of him this year, but last year... Yeah, I think probably so.
0: But also you, John, you were kind of mocking his 15-goal prediction...
1: Yeah, where is he at now i don't know seven seven, seven. halfway yeah. there
0: yeah yeah halfway there it could happen it, like, it could at this rate yeah it is what, actually what i love to see possible. about
1: tommy Heineman like the last 10 games or so he's been working so hard and in the late this game against carolina in some situations where he would normally flop he just used his body to keep going to keep going and yeah. on the first goal that was very evident there like he could have gone down you know hope for the penalty but he was like no i'm finishing this off and he put a lot of force behind the ball keeper couldn't save it and trickled in
2: yeah i think that's that's one of the goals we were expecting when we signed him originally to be that, that target guy to slow the play down and sometimes you know beat a defenseman and then go on that and you haven't seen that much but when he did that on uh, on saturday night it It was nice to see, and he got rewarded for
1: it. Yeah, and uh, in terms of of the game, we already mentioned, after we were up 2-0, it was pretty much a done deal. Uh, It got a little bit scary when when Carolina scored. We're
0: we're up 3-0 at the half.
1: Yeah, but, you know, another goal and anything could have happened.
0: So, but, okay, let's talk about this penalty, because Carolina's goal was a penalty. Mm Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people are forgiving because we're up 3-0 but I was really pissed off about that. That wasn't a Brian, can
1: you just describe the scene for our listeners in case they didn't see it or don't remember?
0: Uh, Nacho Novo just fell to the ground like uh like he was like shot and I don't think there was actually any physical contact at
1: all. So Falvey was the the culprit, right? Right.
0: So I just thought it was given because they're losing 3-0 at home.
1: It was soft, but I can see how it would be given. Soft. <laughs> I actually don't like I don't have it exactly in my mind, which just tells you how much I didn't really care at that point. Well, that's
0: that's my that's what I'm saying. It's <laughs> yeah. like it's no one's no one's really upset about it because it was such a blowout
2: game, but
0: that was one of the worst penalties given. Yeah, when seen. I saw
2: it, I thought he's given that because of his score.
0: But what was the best thing was after the penalty, Mm -hmm. they score. And, of course, they want the ball right away because they're down two goals. And uh, Pizer just takes his time standing over the ball, picks it up at the last second. And Nacho's all in his face and going crazy. And Pizer's just like, what, what, what? (laughs) And then... Of course, uh, Novo gets a yellow card, and that was the beginning of the Nacho Melt.
1: Yeah, Paisa really learned his uh, time-wasting skills down there in Portugal. Like, he is just insane. <laughs>
2: like, when we're winning and he's time-wasting, it's the most satisfying and entertaining thing in the If you watch the lo- if you watched a replay, <laughs> you could see how quick his reaction was from getting up off the ground to finding that ball. Yeah. <laughs> so it was instantaneous. I think about it one minute.
0: Do we know who votes on the league MVP? Is it the press? I, I don't know. Is it the other teams? Because I think that might have... If Pizer doesn't win it, I think it's because they all hate him. <laughs> yeah. Not because he's not the best... Best player in the league, but because they all hate him because of these kind of antics. And
1: so stuff. anyway, Nacho Novo got a yellow because he he complained too much that Pizer wouldn't be involved
0: because of his he has character flaws
1: basically. Mm-hmm. His, and then like Ryan basically sent me a message saying Nacho Novo is gonna have a meltdown, <laughs> so I, I tweeted it's gonna happen, <laughs> and then it did happen. And I mean, let's be honest here that it was sec- like the ninety third minute though. Yeah, but that second yellow was was tough. Like, it, it was for simulation because yeah, he faked the foul. It wasn't even in the box, but just before the box. And was the ref was lo- having none of it, it and gave him a yellow, a so second yellow for simulation. But sometimes you need to have, uh, as a ref, you, you, you need to have a better feel for the game. Like, the game was over, you know, it didn't matter anymore. No, now he's on playing the next game. <laughs> yeah, which is, you know, huge for Carolina, huge who we still Carolina. in the playoff maybe, race, kind maybe, of. Yeah.
0: But, um... I don't know. It must be sad, a player of that caliber just acting that way. It's like, it's like we've seen the fall of Hasley, right? Yeah. It's, it's not as bad, but it's similar.
1: Yeah, but he's still so prolific and such an important player to them. So I, I think it's not time to compare him yet. <laughs>
0: no, and a player like, that always gets overlooked is uh, Ty that, he mm. is. If you want to come to Ottawa, Ty, um, we'll start a fund to get you here and get your contract paid. You're an amazing player.
1: Yeah, so with that win, that was Fury's sixth away win in a row, which is a modern uh, NASL record, I believe. And I think they haven't lost away since that game in New York that we went to. Is that
0: right? So we're never going to away <laughs> a away
1: game again. <laughs> Pretty much. Unless uh, we're going to play the final uh, away from Ottawa. No, we can't go. <laughs> I'm still going. No, John, no. <laughs> And uh, yeah, we're undefeated now in nine straight away matches, which is also a modern NASL record. So way to go, boys. Uh, Yeah, so at this point, I think we should take a break and then we'll bring you some stuff on the academy. Not much out of a fury news. I can already give that away (laughs) and some NASL stuff. Peace.
2: Listening to the Hours of the Fury podcast. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes.
1: It's fine. Welcome back, guys. So, not much to report about the academy teams this week since they had a bye. However, uh, the next games are in sight. Ryan, when can we watch the academy team again?
0: Well, the next game, I think, is the most exciting game of the year. It's the local derby. It's uh, Donnay and Gatineau, Mount Bleu. Uh, Saturday, October 3rd, so the day before we play FC Edmonton. And it's going to be at 5 p.m. So just uh, get out there, Mont Bleu. Uh, it'd be a good time to support the Fury, see the kids play. And uh, I don't know, I think we owe them a loss. Like we owe FC Gatineau a yeah, loss. Absolutely. Yeah, so it'll be good. And then um, after that, their game is Saturday, October 10th against Assumption. And I think former Fury player plays on that team, right?
2: Is it uh, Mayard, Pierre Rudolph Mayard?
0: I believe so. Yes, it is. You are correct, and he was also uh, one of the league's three stars this week. He got two goals in one game.
2: Yeah, it's good
1: to see that he finally found his level. Of well,
0: I don't. I don't know if that's fair. I think you might see that. Might see him back with FC mm-hmm. Montreal. Well, Trois Rivieres Attack, which is like pretty much FC Montreal now. You might see him move up again.
1: Yeah. Nice Remains to see. be seen. Um, big uh, meetings this week with NASL. Uh, what are they called, Board of Governor we- meetings basically, right? Yeah, down
0: in Atlanta. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, speaking of Atlanta, uh, we'll likely hear about what is going to happen to their team probably this week. That's what everyone is expecting. Hopefully they can be saved in some form. And I'm not talking about the MLS team. I'm talking about the NASL team. And uh, the big news that came out today was that Mark Frisch, uh, who's also the Jacksonville owner, was named chairman of the Board of Governors. Um which is good because currently it, it was Bill Peterson who was doing both the chairman job and the commissioner job, which both are basically full-time jobs. So hopefully this will lead to him being able to focus more on the, on the issues at hand.
0: Right, because the, the previous Board of governor was part of the FIFA.
1: Oh, the one before
0: that, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah he had to uh, give up his position a few months ago you know, after being arrested.
1: Uh, yeah so that's but good it's, i didn't so see expansion. that on the official nasl feed for some reason uh, yeah <laughs> go ahead Tim. so expansion news maybe yeah so some of the cities that are being rumored are uh, definitely some teams in the west we're hoping maybe san francisco or or even la but uh people are saying hartford detroit chicago
0: well Apparently, at the Board of Governors meetings, uh, today's Monday the 28th, and Yeah, and you Tuesday. can expect
1: there to be a giant announcement tomorrow, just yeah. the day before we're recording. Tuesday the
0: 29th. They're supposed to decide. it. Apparently, they're getting three presentations, uh, and they're going to pick one or two of them, and they're going to be uh, some new expansion teams for next year, which is good because there's this news about San Antonio. Have you guys been following this?
1: Uh, a bit, Kind of like they want to go to USL Pro and then eventually into the MLS or something.
2: Yeah, Tim, do you know any more? Like information? The Spurs have the USL rights, I guess, in San Antonio.
0: Yeah. So the Spurs have the USL rights for for soccer in uh, San Antonio's market, and now together with the city, they're trying to buy the stadium, Toyota Field, and the team. Uh, the owner, he's uh, evaluating the team at $40 million with the stadium, and the city is saying $14 million. So there's a little bit of a <laughs>
1: discrepancy.
0: discrepancy there. Um, a few people are reporting that San Antonio will be in the NASL next year. Um,
1: it would be tough to lose them. They're one of the, the core teams. They won last year. They have good crowds yeah
0: i I, I kind of went went and talked to some u s l people today just to see to see what their version of the story is mm-hmm. and they're like, oh this is great they're they're so close to so many of our cities and it's going to be cheaper for them for travel and and the one thing that kept coming up over and over it's it's the road to mls and they've already like uh done mock-ups of the stadium what Toyota Field would look like and how much it would cost to convert to an MLS stadium so I don't know. I, I have a theory that it's to make soccer, make MLS soccer look good. So, after seeing USL for a couple of years, you see MLS and you're like, wow, the passes are so fast. And they connected five in a row. And It'll be interesting to see what happens. We'll know by the end of the year this year. We might even know this week.
2: Yeah. I don't know if, I'd be, if I was in San Antonio, I'd be really optimistic that a move to USL would mean a move to MLS.
0: Yeah, well, look at Minnesota. And it's been, and you know, obviously Montreal is a good example in ASL. So I don't, I don't know, but we'll see. We'll see what happens.
1: Yeah, so Detroit got their uh, stadium uh, lease approved for Keyword Stadium. We'll
0: Detroit see. City FC, yes.
1: Yes, so that we're hoping that that will lead to maybe them joining at some point because that would be a fun road trip. I mean, who doesn't want to go see General Motors and... Cheap homes <laughs> in
2: isolated neighborhoods. Eight miles.
1: One <laughs> opportunity once in a lifetime. All right, but. but, but so, from what I'm hearing,
2: it's not Detroit it's City, FC, uh, proposing a team, it's the Michigan Bucks. So That's what I'm hearing as well. So, so, yeah.
0: So it won't be at this field that they just got a lease for. It's uh, Detroit okay. City that got that lease, And this Michigan Bucks team is apparently the team down in at Atlanta right now. Mm-hmm. And it might not be an expansion team. it might be Atlanta relocating. So
1: okay, and then yeah. um, another news that came out was that uh, Armada had picked up a free agent, the Haitian national Mechak Jerome, who's apparently a pretty good player. Fans are quite excited, so I thought we should mention that. Um, something that's important for the for our friends of the Sunshine State, the Fort Lauderdale Strikers won the Coastal Cup this year, and they only won it because Tampa Bay lost to Edmonton because actually Fort Lauderdale Strikers they lost themselves as well,
2: but they still won
1: it. But congratulations! This seems to be a thing in Florida.
2: Yeah, it's like the best meth cook in Florida Cup.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Do you Here. think we should have a cup like that?
2: Like, with someone like... The best Ontario team, (laughs) sell
0: Ontario team. We're the best... Yeah, we're the best capital city. We win that every year. Hear that, Edmonton? We're the best capital city.
1: So that's pretty much the end of the news segment. No Ottawa-specific news, really, uh, this week. Uh, Maybe some news that... We're we're hearing that De Guzman might be fit to play against FC Edmonton and and might start, but... um, nothing official in that really
0: yeah follow our twitter account this week because there's gonna be a lot of NESL news this week so oitf fury on twitter and uh whenever anything concrete comes out we're gonna tweet it out
2: yeah should be exciting time
1: yeah speaking of uh, twitter we did ask this week in your opinion which fury player had the best performance in the perfect three game road trip what did martin say Uh, Martin Burt, uh, who I believe is the only listener to ever leave an iTunes review. Thank you, Martin. Thank you, Martin. You're our favorite listener. If you also want to be one of our favorite listeners, leave us an iTunes review. You know, we do this for free, and we feed on these reviews. Um, So, Martin Burt says that there are lots of candidates. Tommy, Paulo Jr., and Pizer were all great. He's going with Ubi, though, but it's tough to choose just one.
2: The whole team was good. OIT question bot at BBSC Curtain uh, answers Pizer versus Cosmos. You don't often see a keeper breaking off. spirit like that.
0: And Crooked uh, Beat, someone, I don't know who this is, says Ubi. Who cares? <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, Matthew Hawkins, who is at mhawken2 on Twitter, mm. says, Tommy had the best stretch of three games in his Fury career, and he muscled through to stay on his feet to score two versus Railhawks. Hawks. Best performance overall, question mark? Probably the players we don't recognize often enough, like Richie Ryan, Ryan Richter, and Mason Trafford. Defensive stability provided by those three allow everyone else
2: to shine. And Tajik at OTT Soccer Dad answers Tommy, Ubi, Pizer, Falvez.
0: I think, honestly though, I think Ubi's been our best player.
2: Uh, Best outfield player? And then you do have to say
1: that Piser is just absolutely well, yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's just a For given sure. to you yeah. at
0: this
2: point. Yeah, that's that just goes. I'm saying way. Tommy. Tommy gets all those goals. He got that ax- that one goal that was an own goal. He's been just solid up front.
0: Is that you inside there, Vlogsmith? <laughs> is that you
2: turning it over? New
0: leaf. Do I recognize you? Po- I agree I'm with you, Blogsmith.
1: If we if we take all three games, I have to go with Tommy. But if we were to like drop the Carolina game, I would go with Ubi, just because in that one game against uh, who did we play the first?
0: Uh... Some team New York. Cause... No, the one before oh, that. Fort Lauderdale. Oh, Fort Lauderdale. I've heard of Was them that too. the
1: game where he had like two assists? Yeah, and, yeah he just dominated mm-hmm. that game. Like he won that game for us. So yeah, for me, Tommy, Ubi, and Pizer are definitely in the top three. Yeah,
0: Ubi, Pizer, and put Tommy in there. <laughs> no, it's it can't can't deny it. This guy's been a beast.
1: Absolutely. Um, so just as a reminder, you can ask us anything you like that's well, soccer and NASL related. Yeah. yeah. Or anything related? Who cares? <laughs> and you know, if you have questions about Ryan that he's uncomfortable to answer, we'll answer <laughs> him for him. So don't worry. Um, so this week uh, we only had one question uh, from OIT Question Bot. Uh, he says it was a great podcast last week. But, but why did we have to go all corporate on us? Corporate? Hmm. No, okay, let me reread that. Why did you guys have to go all corporate on us when you answered the what to drink question?
2: What so, did we say?
1: I don't even remember. Oh, it was
2: the question about what should uh, Darren and Ottawa bring us flask for the November playoff game. Oh. Uh, and we told him you can't bring stuff in. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> you guys
0: are being uncool.
2: Right. Yeah. That's not really the corporate answer. That's just the, we want you to keep your expensive flask cool yeah not get stolen um I just gotta ask a question about
0: here why did you like last week so much was it because I wasn't on the show is that why
1: <laughs> yeah I noticed the flow I get was much better meeting. the dynamic was much better but I
0: see what you're saying <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome So what happened in the league, John?
1: Oh, a lot of exciting matches, actually, uh, last weekend. Uh, It started off with the Fort Lauderdale Strikers against Minnesota United that ended 5-2 for the visiting team for Minnesota.
0: So the Minnesota Wild beat who? (laughs) Oh, it was a soccer game that was 5-2.
1: Yep. Uh, Unfortunately, poor attendance, under 3,000 for uh, for Fort Lauderdale. That's not great. Uh, But a barn burner of a match... um, Strikers actually went up, but after the Angulo goal, they, they collapsed pretty much. Uh, yeah. Go ahead, Tim.
2: And uh, a, a result that favored us was Jacksonville Armada wearing their throwback jerseys. Back, back in the day? Yeah, back in the day. The T men. Yes. They beat ten, the Bay Rarities 2 0 in front of uh, a little over 7,000 people. Well done, guys.
0: Yeah, and San Antonio and Atlanta. I'd like to call this the Circus Cup, but uh, San Antonio and Atlanta, 3-3 draw, and this game was obviously in San Antonio, because there's 7,759 people Yeah, it's
1: good to see that they still have people coming out on the weekend, because during those midweek matches, it wasn't looking so good attendance-wise.
0: I'd like to point out that Nana Atacora scored, and formerly my favorite player, who kind of just kind of disappeared last few years but
1: yeah and uh, it was actually uh, good for Canadians all around Adrian Ken uh, also played the entire match for San Antonio it's good to see him back playing he was suspended uh, one match this year and he came back from an ACL injury so that's always good and then Kyle Porter on the other end also played the entire 90 so that's good to see the Canadians playing Atlanta was up 3-1 at at one point and still managed uh, to tie it 3-3 Remarkable, though, San Antonio didn't have anyone
2: send off. Again, that's two games in a row. Yeah, that's crazy. They sure they knew who they are. <laughs> and uh, biggest match of the game of the week, maybe? Yeah. yeah. FC Hamilton uh, beats a kind of uh, a B squad from the yeah. Cosmos. New say. York
0: Cosmos Reserves.
2: <laughs> yeah, lots of disappointed uh, Raul and
1: Spain fans <laughs> all around the stadium <laughs> yeah. with their signs and tears. <laughs> yeah. But
0: good for Edmonton. like They can really mm-hmm. do some damage. We hope they make the playoffs because we hate them and we want to... Yeah. Uh,
1: but what are your thoughts on, on a team like NeuroCosmos resting their players? I mean, they've clinched the spring season and...
0: They, they could have rested the whole fall season. So good on them making sure they don't get injuries to their key players.
1: Yeah, they do have another game midweek and it's understandable, but it does definitely screw the competition, but... I no. mean, we probably would do it too if we were in the same boat, so you can't really criticize I, it.
0: That happens in the NBA, right? And they, and they penalize the teams that do it.
2: Yeah, the Spurs are always good for that, they'll, There's a couple of games that they'll just press everybody. <laughs> but, I mean, you win the spring, you get an automatic berth. Gives you the option to do this. And, and it's and not if, like they're... And if you're a team that's fighting, well, you should have done better. And, and you could have done that.
0: And it's not like they threw the game, they, no. they they just didn't play their top squad.
1: Yeah, but they didn't even bring their first team keeper, <laughs> so it, it tells you something. Yeah, but
2: uh, I forgot what I was going to say, so go
1: ahead. Yeah, um, great performance by FCM, and overall, they, they went up fairly soon, in, um, 2-0 in the first half, and managed to, to to get the win, which is great for them, for Canada, and of course for Ottawa as well. Um, so if we look at the fall season standings, we're obviously on top with 34 points. And we have Minnesota United right behind us. Um, in the top five, we're all in the same games now. So this is actually reflective of, what, of what's going on. So five points behind us is Minnesota United, who have a pretty easy uh, stretch. They, their next five games are going to be, I think, four of them at home, you said, Tim, before yeah, the show?
2: and the one away at Indy.
1: Yeah, so that's, uh, they have a fairly easy uh, final stretch. FC Edmonton has it pretty rough. They're in third place right now with 25 points, so that's nine points behind us. Um, And then New York, Cosmos are in fourth. Doesn't really matter to them because they already won the spring season. Atlanta just one point behind. And then we, we don't really need to include anything below that, really. But let's look at the combined table because that's where Tampa Bay Rowdies are still relevant. They're in fifth, just behind FC Edmonton, one point behind.
0: So the only place Tampa Bay rowdies are relevant, and a
2: game in hand, which they'll play this Wednesday.
1: Against India, I think
0: is it. I
2: thought it was India or Jacksonville. I I still Indy. think the,
0: there's what five. There's 18 points up for grabs still. So for Not a little, 15 points, 15 for us, yeah. So
1: that yeah. So, uh,
0: really, it's too early to start speculating about playoff. Like we, we know the top six. But we don't know who they're going to be. It's still anyway, And we don't know if we're hosting their hosting or what's happening. But
2: Yeah, but this, this is the first time we've been on top of the combined table with the same amount of games played. Right. Five games left, it does mean we could control our own destiny. We win out. We get the, the number one seed.
0: But John was saying earlier, Minnesota has a very easy schedule. Yeah. Um, four games at home, one on the road, and uh, all five games against Indy 11, was it? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, um, so yeah, for us, uh, the next game will be against SC Edmonton uh, at home, one of uh, two remaining home games, if we don't include the possible semifinal. And uh, this week we're doing something a little bit different. Uh, we're going to have a combined segment with uh, our friends from the uh, loyal company of the River Valley Podcast, which is a supporter-run FC Edmonton podcast. So, the next segment will be a bit of a match preview as well as a bit of a round table on anything Ottawa Fury, FC Edmonton, and NASL in general. So, I hope you enjoy this. Um, these guys can be found on Twitter at Loyal Company RV and we can also be found on Twitter at OIT Fury.
0: So, we look forward to uh, hearing all your tweets and enjoy this uh, segment with uh, Loyal Company right after the break
3: you're listening to ours is the fury your number one source for all things ottawa fury fc it's fine, bridges
4: to the shore. all right this is adam from loyal company of the river valley i'm with nathan here what's up guys Do you guys want to quickly introduce yourself? We're with uh, Ours is the Fury podcast.
1: Yeah, so here's
0: John. And I'm Ryan. a blocksmith. All right, it's a pretty
4: big week uh, on both sides here. Both teams moving up in the standings. uh, And as it stands now, both Edmonton and Ottawa would be playing each other in the first round of the championship.
1: Yeah, we kind of want to avoid that. We want you guys to move up a little bit more in the table and then have, you know, the Canadian final...
4: Yeah, we want the Canadian final, too. I don't know how easy it will be for us to move up, but maybe you guys can slide down a spot or two as well.
2: No. <laughs> yeah, just take it easy.
3: Let us win. You know, we win the next game, uh, what is it, next week, this yeah. week, and uh, then you guys can have a nice rousing game against, what, Minnesota or New York? Can't remember now. We just now, can't but...
0: let Minnesota win the league.
3: Yeah, New York, yeah, yeah. that's true. New
0: York can, but we just we can't let Minnesota win.
4: <laughs> Alright, so how are things in Ottawa? Uh, I know you guys have been on a pretty good uh, hot streak in the fall Maybe um, a little unexpected, I would guess Uh, Did you guys think Ottawa was going to be this good uh, in the fall?
1: Absolutely not I mean, towards the end of the spring season We started really working on our defense And we had like five games in a row where we didn't concede And we were like, wow, this is great but then also, we only scored one goal in those five games, so scoring was a problem. Uh, so we didn't expect the fall season to be the way it was, where we, you know, do both, uh, play well in the defense, and at the same time produce goals. And having those goals come from all over the pitch, too. No, we didn't expect it. I mean, we're we're super pumped and really thrilled.
4: Yeah, I know in Edmonton here, we're, uh, we we uh, overcame some of our uh, previous woes of not being able to score, um, and we are scoring at will in the spring season but couldn't keep the ball out of the net. Uh, now it looks like on our end we've been able to shut it down defensively with um, two clean sheets in the last four games, uh, only yeah. two goals allowed total over that span. Uh, I guess it's a very Ottawa-like <laughs> defensive performance,
0: yeah, and I was curious what you guys think of uh, your your goaltending change this year compared <laughs> to last year, how that might affect...
3: I think it's actually a very similar situation this year to last year. Last year, um, we got the benefit of, of a very strong defense in front of John Smiths, which resulted in him getting the Golden Glove. Um, this year, Matt Van Okel has been pretty inconsistent at times, but... Uh, He's definitely stepped up when he had to in the fall season, and he's been performing really, really well.
1: Well, from a neutral perspective, I do have to say that FC Edmonton is much more fun to watch this year than, uh, than it was last year. I mean, last year was just dreadful. Like, I don't know if it was Colin Miller's tactics that changed or what, but, you know, for, for fans, I think it must be much more fun to watch Edmonton this year, no? Uh, In
4: the fall season last year, it was pretty entertaining. Uh, It's when Lance Lang moved up from a fullback position to, like, a winger, and he seemed like he started scoring at will. That made for a really interesting fall season. We only missed the the playoffs by three points. Um, But this this year, like, the offense hasn't slowed down a bit, like, at all. And uh, uh, seeing, you know the goals go in early was really troubling because colin miller has usually had a very tight defensive squad somewhat like a team that's always battled hard defensively never allowed a lot of goals and it's good to be getting back to that and uh really bring in a lot of uh, offensive flair as well which is a lot of like the import signings with uh ami jones niassi Fordyce, of course. Uh, on top of Lang, and really, it's it's been it's been awesome. And I think you got to give a little bit of a shout out to our assistant coach Jeff Paulus I think he's a little bit more of a maestro of the offensive side of the game, where Colin Miller is more uh, concerned with the defensive uh, side.
0: All right, uh, someone that you guys signed uh, in between the spring and the fall was uh, Dustin Korea, and I haven't really heard much about him since then. Oh, you will. Uh, You will, yeah. Yeah, you you guys will notice him on Sunday. Yeah. He's really made a big difference in the midfield for you guys? I
3: don't know that he's made a massive difference, but he's definitely made it when Lance Lang is absent uh, a lot more. um, He's brought that same kind of influence to game. Um, If you saw the highlights from the Cosmos game yesterday, there was just an amazing through ball that he gave to Daryl Fordyce, and that's about the second or or third time that I've seen him do that. Uh, He's done it with Tomi Amiobi, and he did it again on – like with Daryl Fordyce against Indianapolis 11. Um, and he just is ridiculous. Like, I've seen him turn defenders inside out in the midfield. So he's definitely going to be someone to watch for. He's still a really young talent. And I think he's got a lot of potential in terms of uh, FC Edmonton's career. I- I'm imagining, I know it was brought up today, I think, uh, on the Voyager Forum. um I think he, it was mentioned, or somebody was asking how long he'd be signed for. I imagine that he's got a one-year contract with a one-year option, just based on what we know about other players on the club. So, uh, very excited to see what he's going to turn into next year. I think.
1: Okay, so two other players that we're also quite interested in uh, is one, Hansen Boakai, and we're just wondering if if he's maturing and if we'll see him back at back at FC Edmonton and if he's going to be, you know, in the starting eleven soon again and also is Lance Lang someone that you think will stay at the club or is there's just no way that you guys can keep on to him
4: uh, well'll start off with Boca here I think he has matured uh, this year I mean of course we saw the little discipline issues for him showing up late after he came back from the pan Am games but uh, I, I think it's it's a year like a year of uh, progressing off the field for him and I think it's happening you're know of course it's not going to happen without hiccups with a player like him and just the way he is. Um, I, I, I think he's probably going to be staying with Edmonton for the long term. He's probably going to be with us next season. I know his contract is up in January, but I can't see any reason why this uh, current coaching staff would allow him to, to leave when it's such a vital time in his career.
3: Yeah, I agree with that. I think that it's going to be one of those kind of interesting uh, moments for him because he really has a, a you know crossroads here that he's got to go one way or the other. Um, for, for the record, we've heard very definitively that FC Edmonton has received quite a few offers from him for him from overseas, uh, from Europe, uh, for a substantial amount of money. But they really truly believe in the uh, development of him as a person and development of him. Um, As a player and don't want to just throw him into the deep end and and watch him drown. Um, I think that the experience that he's gained at FC Edmonton has really paid off for the national team. And I'm looking forward to seeing him uh, get a a national cap at some point on the seniors team. Um, I think that he has matured a bit. It definitely seems like he's come more into his own but I think that there's going to be some uh, further maturing that's needed before he becomes a solid contributing member of FC Edmonton uh, we had another player Sadi Jalali who was very similar you know uh, exhibited a lot of immaturity on the pitch uh, and he's kind of come full circle and he's doing a fantastic job now um, when he does get time uh, he did really really well for Edmonton in the beginning of the fall season um, so I think that if we can see that kind of development out of Hanson it'll be awesome.
4: Yeah, and as far as Lance Lang goes, um, we want him back next year. I'd say we're optimistic he'll be back next year. But realistically, he's probably not. He's probably off to bigger and better things. Um, it would be nice if we get some kind of transfer deal out of him, but I'm thinking that's probably not a possibility either.
1: Absolutely. Now, before we get into um, previewing the game, uh, are there any questions you might have for us?
3: Well, I was going to ask you guys kind of the same thing. I don't know what the contract situation is over in uh, Ottawa. I mean, Edmonton's kind of been around for a while, so we're kind of aware of where players stand on the contract. Uh, But I was wondering, you know, the keeping situation for you guys has just been phenomenal this year. Is that something that's going to be back next year? Um, How is this... I know that we just saw an amazing game on, on Saturday from Ottawa, but how is this new coaching situation going to affect the team, I think, in, in your guys' perspective?
2: Yeah, I think uh, I think a lot of players are kind of on the ball there, too. They don't really know what's going on, if uh, Martin Nash is going to come up or if it's going to be someone outside. Uh, Mark DeSantos liked to shake up the team uh, last year, at least. We saw a lot of turnover. We kind of expect the same thing, but without... Knowing who's going to be coaching, it's kind of hard to tell at the moment.
3: Fair enough. Do you guys know anything about the contracts, or
2: nothing? Like the club does not share
1: these kind of details with us. Like we only have, you know, unofficial word from the street sort of thing going on. So we're really like in the dark for most contracts. There's a few players where we know that they're going to be staying, but not many.
3: Uh, out of curiosity, who do you know is staying? just because i have no idea whatsoever so
2: richie Ryan signed next year mason trafford and colin falvey and i believe Alves is and that's about it
3: what <laughs> oh, it could be a big change then hey
2: yeah not necessarily like
1: it doesn't mean that they're going to leave it's just like for us it's uncertain we don't know
3: yeah
4: and are you guys pretty confident you're going to retain your keeper uh Pizer there
1: yeah, because he's, he's pretty comfortable here. He's at the tail end of his career. I don't think he wants to, like, from a personal perspective, go through a whole sea change again. Like He has small children. I think they're happy here, so I can't see him going anywhere.
4: All right, and I guess my final question is, uh, we've seen FC Edmonton develop a, a pretty strong academy, I guess, because they're developing players who can come in and be regular contributors, um, in the starting eleven or even off the bench, uh, does Ottawa have much of an academy going on, or are there plans for an academy?
0: Yeah, there's. A, we have an academy team that actually plays in the Premier League, the soccer, de Quebec, and uh, so it's Division Three, and uh, they they're quite young right now, so they're really getting uh, outplayed physically in the league. So they're actually bottom of the table, but there's some really, big really uh there's one player Schroter. he's he's really uh got a lot of attention there's a few others that we've noticed uh schroeder actually played with the first team and uh there's two other players that have contracts with the first team so we're gonna see a lot of players coming out of our academy in the next two three years because uh the people we have in charge of our academy we have a uh, dark he's one of the main people in the academy he was he actually left chelsea's academy to come work for ottawa fury academy so. We're pretty excited about the future that the players are developing right now.
4: That sounds good
3: because um, I think Canadian soccer could really use it. And I think that was kind of the, the biggest uh, positive for having two more pro- professional teams in Canada. So now you don't only have the the big three, if you will, Montreal, Toronto, and Vancouver, but you also have two um, very professional and unarguably almost on equal footing um Maybe not financially, but there's, you know, enough academies and enough focus on development in Edmonton and Ottawa, it seems, um, for more um, potential and more, you know, like we're seeing players like uh, Malin Roberts getting capped. um, Hanson Boakai is is very strong. And for the first time this year, I think it's the first time that we've seen um, national team uh, selection from all five Canadian teams. Yeah, which is awesome.
0: And there's a lot of players coming out of League One Ontario, too, that are getting a lot of, lot of uh, attention. And uh, I think clubs like uh, Foothills out of Calgary's, you know, that they bring a lot to the table, too.
4: Yeah, I think they do because they, they have quite a developed and established um,
0: pyramid, if you will, going
4: right down from youth all the way to their PDL team.
1: So speaking about uh, developing Canadian players... Uh, I'm sure you guys uh, have heard a lot about the proposed Canadian League and the rumors going on about that. What's your viewpoint about that, that in general? And can you see FC Edmonton voluntarily leaving the NDSL for such a uh, Canadian domestic league? Uh, not at
3: all. <laughs> well, I, I can, but let's say that the league's proposed tomorrow. Edmonton's not going to leave until there's at least a couple of years under that league's belt. Um, and there's a serious, uh, offer to make money versus this whole, um, like the, the it's going to cost Ed, If Edmonton left the NASL tomorrow, it would cost them a substantial amount of money. I can't remember exactly what the number I've heard is, but, uh, there's, there's a fine for leaving the league right now. I mean, odd would have to pay the same thing. Um, so I think that uh, FC Edmonton and Tom and Dave Fath would have to take that under some serious consideration. Um, the other side of it too is that Edmonton uh, or the Faths, I guess, have uh, the Class B shares in the NASL. So uh, above and beyond the the being a part of the league and having that extra penalty to pay out, they would have to give up or be invested in a league that they were no longer a part of, um, which would make a big difference i think in their decision to stay or leave um what's your guys's take in ottawa
0: uh we've heard we've heard that they are not against it but they're sitting back and seeing what plays out
4: yeah i think to some degree that's happening in edmonton too yeah Uh, it's just it seems like edmonton's been left in the dark regarding a lot of this uh, canadian professional division
3: Well, and we've uh, theorized out here that it's because you guys have the connection already with the CFL franchise, um, which is the rumour, you know, like partnership there, Um, whereas Edmonton does not have anything to do with the Eskimos. So um, we've kind of theorized that that would make that jump a bit easier for Ottawa versus Edmonton's kind of being on its own.
1: And uh, one final question. Uh, Here in Ottawa, we're witnessing firsthand how hard it is um, for... A soccer team to establish itself in the city where other sports dominate um, we have seen an increase in attendance from last year but there's still a lot of soccer fans in the city that you know they watch their premier league they might even watch mls but they don't even know we have a team so yeah. i'm just wondering i mean we look at the attendance numbers in fcm and you know We we have an idea of how the team is seen in in Edmonton, but give us a feeling what it's like, like for a supporter, as a fan, and just objectively for the club to motivate uh, locals to come to games. And like, what's the what's the status of the team down there?
4: I'd say this: the status of the team is um, it's improving. The gate, like uh, attendance, has gone up pretty. Uh, what good this year, I think we've had a stretch of games now that's either been around or over 4,000 4, uh, yeah. for a little while now, I guess. Almost the entire um, fall season, I
3: think. September especially, there was a lot of press yeah. put into it, and, and we got into some arguments on Twitter uh, with some other, Ed, maybe arguments, but debates, I guess, about the club choosing to promote the Sunday's game in particular with the uh, rule is coming to, to Edmonton. And uh, You know, obviously you're trying to attract those Euro fans that are used to watching him on TV and and used to kind of growing up around him. Uh, And I would say it definitely impacted the number of people at the game. However, there was a lot of people that have shown up to games in September and even in August towards the end of it. Um, So I think that the club is doing a decent effort. Um, In my opinion, most of their publicity is, I don't want to say negligible, but it's very sporadic anyways. There's a lot of social media. Um, there's a lot of email, um, but there's not a whole lot of press promotions or ads. Um, there's some on the radio, but I think that's kind of died down. I haven't really listened to as much lately. But There's
4: a little on the TV, too.
3: And a little, yeah, a little on City TV, too, which is the host uh, broadcaster for home games. Um, what we would like to see, I think, for next year, and we've we've been saying this basically since year two, um, is a few more, you know, big billboards. Um, a few more ads in the paper, a bit more awareness. Um, FC Edmonton did that in 2011, just as they were starting, they spent massive, massive amounts of money. They put huge, you know, uh, wraps on our LRT system and, uh, buses had, you know, like big FC Edmonton stuff. Uh, there was, uh, billboards everywhere, but they, um, they really haven't done anything to that kind of degree in terms of drive by awareness. Um, Mostly because, from what I've heard, uh, Tom Fath didn't want to reinvest into the advertising because he didn't see it work in the first year. Uh, I'd argue now you've got 3, well, 25 to 100 people to 3,000 people who um, would definitely show up regardless of how much advertising you do. So now you need to go after the more common fan or the person that's not aware of it. Um, so I'd, I'd like to think that they're going to be able to convince the Faths to invest a bit more into that uh, side of the. The business um next year um my guess is that they probably won't or they might just do little bits rather than than big amounts the one thing they are doing a really good job of this year which they maybe haven't in the past is connecting with season ticket holders and making sure that they're hooking them in early uh and they're also providing some pretty good deals and and uh, incentives for for getting along that aren't going to cost the club in the long run in my opinion
4: yeah so basically it's it's been a you know a pretty rough ride right here, but Tom Fath and Dave Fath, I guess the kind of minority owner, I guess he is. Uh, they've been putting a lot of money into this team, and they're willing to continue to do so. There's no, there's no stopping. I think so. Really, I think this team is on good footing.
1: Okay, so let's get into the the game at, at hand on Sunday. It's going to be at three p.m. Eastern Time. Ottawa Fury is playing at home against FC Edmonton. In terms of the lineup you can expect, uh, we can tell you for sure who's going to be in goal and who the four defenders are going to be because it's the same (laughs) every game.
3: Uh, You say that, but then look at New York last weekend. Sorry? You say that, but then look at what New York did this last weekend against Edmonton. Backup keeper and mishmash. For for
1: these teams, we're not going to change our defensive lineup. So we have Pizer in goal. We have Colin Fowley and... um, uh, Alves as center backs We have Ryan Richter on the right Mason Trafford on the left So that's our defense
0: <laughs> uh, Midfield, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see uh, Julian de Guzman this week
1: Yeah, he's been out with an injury Ever since uh, Those two-legged uh, World Cup qualification, qualification games against Belize um, You're going to see Richie Ryan in the midfield uh, Probably Ubi Parapovic
3: He's been phenomenal to- for you guys This last little while just absolutely on fire.
1: Yep. Yep. Uh, Tommy Heineman up front. And then the wingers, we're never quite sure who's going to play. Either Junior or uh, Oliver. Maybe Wiedemann. Maybe Haworth. But that's pretty much what you can expect. We, we're we lucky right now because we don't have too many injuries. Uh, it's really just Nikki Patterson that's out with an ACL injury. Other than that, we've got the, the whole squad
4: all right, I think uh, what what you saw on Sunday, yesterday from Edmonton, is pretty close to the squad you're going to see uh, as well on Sunday. Uh, Colin Miller seems to reward players on their um, good performance, and so I after after Sunday's game against uh, the Cosmos, I don't see anyone dropping out of that starting eleven right now. Yeah. You might see a guy like Amiobi come in yeah. for a guy like uh, who's been starting like Cruz, who's been starting as a striker. But otherwise, I think you're going to see almost the same squad.
3: Yeah, I agree. I think it'll be very, very similar to what you saw against New York. Um, The only change would be maybe Jones or Amiobi coming into the lineup uh, as they're both coming back from injury. Uh, And they got a bit of playing time on Sunday against New York. So there's a lot more depth for FC Edmonton right now, and I think that's a really good thing. And I think that um, it provides them a a lot of different options uh, moving forward.
4: If we're going to go across a... Uh, the starting 11 that's uh, obviously going to be van okel in goal uh, the way he's been playing this fall has been phenomenal back line of uh, watson and roberts in the middle and the fullbacks would be probably alan zebby and johan smith uh, kareem moses he usually takes that left side um, but he's been kind of nursing an injury as of late we might get a little news out of him um, i guess we're spilling it to you guys we're it sounds like we're going to be talking to him tomorrow and have our bonus podcast this week. Uh but otherwise, yeah, that's it for the back line. It, yeah. In the mids, um Eddie Edward, who's usually uh our right back, an Ottawa native. Ottawa native too. by the yeah, way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um he's been uh playing the last t- two or three games as a holding midfielder, and it's a position he's actually been pretty good at. Um mm-hmm. I know in the middle, the pitch is not usually his normal position, but he's been adapting pretty well there. Uh, also in the middle has been um Yep. And Fordice. I guess, was more of an attacking mid.
3: Yeah, but he's been playing more as a striker lately. Um, it'll be very interesting to see yeah. if Amiobi is back, uh, who kind of gets the nod there, or if they put... Well, Cruz uh, has been
4: the striker the last couple of games as well.
3: Uh, has been lining up as well? Yeah. Yeah. And I kept, uh,
4: the wingers solidly. have been uh, Correa and... Lang, who have both been phenomenal on the wings, and yeah, it's either going to be Cruz or Amiobi up front, depending on how Miller sees Amiobi, and if he's fit for um, at least 60 minutes, I guess.
1: All right, either way, it it should be a great game. I mean, Ottawa, for for us, it's not really a must-win at this point, but uh, we only have two home games remaining, so I'm sure uh, the team wants to... uh, do well for those last couple occasions at home and they want to make sure that we do host the semifinal and maybe even the final <laughs> in Ottawa uh, but for you guys it's 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 do or die the next five games so we're expecting uh, a, a tough and aggressive FC Edmonton and it's always tough to score on you guys so I can't wait for Sunday and uh, yeah thanks guys for, for, letting, for letting us do this and uh, why don't you guys plug where you can be found and then we'll do the same with us
3: Sounds good. Uh, just quick, real comment. I guess I had one more comment about uh, the game coming up here. Um, I think it'll be interesting to, to see how FC Edmonton does. Uh, I mean, we held our own when we played it in Fort McMurray earlier. Um, I agree. I think it's going to be <laughs> it's either going to be interesting or extraordinarily boring uh, in two defensive teams coming at each other. Um, but I think that Edmonton has really shored up a lot of defense since that game in Fort Mac, so it'll be interesting to see that game. Um, for us, you can find us on Twitter, Loyal Company RV. Um, we're on iTunes, we're on Stitcher. Uh, just search for the Loyal Company of the River Valley Podcast. You'll find us. Uh, you can find me uh, on Twitter. My Twitter handle is Jedi Knight Nate, and Adam is also on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, at underscore Adam DH. And where can people find you? Uh, you can find us
2: at uh, Red Nation Online on twitter at OIT Fury and uh facebook and we have a gmail account is ours is a fury at podcast at gmail.com right on yeah.
4: sounds good
0: thanks for right. doing this well good guys. luck not too much luck i hope you guys get third yeah we hope
4: uh, you guys uh
3: dropped a second
0: well <laughs> yeah. we, we, we
4: would we would love nothing more to see to see you guys in the final as well
3: yeah, yeah.
1: We'd love you to it, it's funny because, uh, you know, Ottawa Fury always tries to build this huge, like, rivalry between the two clubs. But, you know, we always have a soft spot for SC Emmett and, you know, your Canadian cousins, you're in a similar situation, um, playing in an American League, really. Um, so, yeah, we don't hate you guys, but uh, yeah. we'll still want to beat you on Sunday. Yeah, just just don't moon us.
3: <laughs> we'll try to keep the, uh, the hip thrusting down, yeah. You don't have to worry. It's an away game. We're not gonna, we're not gonna be pulling pants down or anything like that. So,
1: well, I'm sure we're going to see Eddie Edwards' family, and uh, in in the past they've been celebrating way too much in our section. So hopefully not this time.
3: That's true. We got some guys rooting for us out there.
0: Yeah, that's true. Okay, thanks guys so much. Have a have a good night out there.
3: Thanks. You too.
1: All right, so that was great to have Adam and Nathan from the Loyal Company of the River Valley Podcast on. So do check them out if you want more in-depth stuff about FCM, And I believe their podcast is also weekly. So if this is something you guys enjoyed and you wanted us to do this with other podcasts, uh, let us know. You know where to reach us. And uh, we'll try to do that again sometime.
0: Big match Sunday, October 4th, 3 p.m. Come out. Or, or don't, but if you don't, you're gonna miss some good soccer. We got the best team in the NASL.
1: That's right, and if you can't come out, you can watch it on TV, Rogers22, or on the stream, OttawaFuryFC.com. But, or but come out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Or if you're not in Canada, NASL.com will uh, show you the game as well.
1: All right, that's it for this week. You know where to find us, OIT Fury on Twitter, on Facebook? Yep, <laughs>
0: we're on there too. We got an email. Ours is the Fury podcast at gmail.com.
1: Well done. See you later, guys. Doodle.
0: season predictions
1: sure so i'm pretty sure that i said that ottawa fury will win the uh, fall season (laughs) it's going to be a slow start in the spring and uh but strong in the second half of the season
0: i think i I said fifth honestly
1: i had him down as like
2: sixth maybe seventh
1: (laughs) wow
0: john
2: you're a genius
1: thanks